Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Dance Science Podcast. I'm your host, the Dance Scientist, and the Dance Science Podcast intends to build connections and drive discussion on how we can improve our field and make dance science more normalized. Thank you for being here, and please enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm your host, the Dance Scientist, and today we're going to be having our 10th guest speaker. Her name is Gina Icardi, and she is a physical therapist, and I'm so happy to have her with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So the first question that we're going to get into is first, can you just tell us a little bit more about your journey growing up as a dancer? Um, Definitely. So um, I have been dancing since um, I was a little girl, of course. Um, I grew up and that was kind of my life through um, all of middle school, high school. And I thought that I needed to pursue dance as a dance major. And I knew I thought that was going to be my career. Um, so that's what I did. I started college as a dance major. And then um, as I continued into that pretty shortly after I started, I I was losing almost the passion of it and that was making me sad and I didn't really know why. I don't know if it was because it became not so much an after school activity, but now this was like, okay, I have to, this is my career now. I have to really focus in on it. And it, it just, I was, I was losing, it just didn't feel right. And I remember in my dance program um, going through, I think it was just an injury screen with physical therapists. And that was my first experience with a physical therapist. Um, so I consider my reasoning for becoming a physical therapist a little unique because I never really had my own journey with that. And I know a lot of PTs, um, you know, became that because they went through it themselves. Um, so other than that required screening, I was like, oh, this is interesting. So this person is still helping, they're helping dancers. So that kind of sparked an interest. And then I, I decided to stop um, I completed my first semester and then I um, completely switched routes and I went um, on to the kinesiology exercise science avenue, um, ended up receiving my bachelor's in that. Um, during that time through college, I was teaching dance, so I still had it in my life and um, I enjoyed teaching it so much. Um, and then after college, uh, went on to pursue the physical therapy um, degree. So I received my doctorate in physical therapy from Shenandoah University. Um, and then that athletic training department at that program, they offer a performing arts medicine master's certificate. So I completed that as well. Um, so that really honed in on just treating the population of dancers, any performing artists as well, musicians. Um, but obviously my background and passion is in the dancers. Um, so yeah, and that's kind of what led me to where I am now. And, um, so now I, after a few years, um, I am now running a dance rehab program in Charleston, South Carolina. Awesome. So can you tell us, you said it was kind of like a screening that you went through as a young dancer and that kind of Mm -hmm. sparked your interest. Can you tell us a little bit more? Was it just like a basic screening? What was it? It was. Yeah, it was, um, I know it was like right, like the first week or two of the program. I think it was just, um, it's hard to remember. It was so long ago at this point exactly what we did, but we had like stations and we went through and tested strength, tested flexibility, tested um, all of those things. Um, And that's similar to some of the services that I offer now, which I know we'll talk Mm -hmm. about later, Mm -hmm. but um, that's, and I was just, I was so interested because I had no, I had no idea what this, I mean, I knew what physical therapists do, I guess, but I had not really experienced it at all. And I wanted to learn more. 
Um, but I think it was just, it wasn't people that were injured, but it was just seeing like where we're at, maybe assessing injury risk is probably what they were doing. Yeah. So they were more like preparing or like, you know, trying to reduce the risk of injuries before they even occurred. Exactly. Which is the smarter thing to do as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> so through your specialization in being a physical therapist, how do you kind of seeing this contributing to the big picture of progressing dancers' health? So um, I would say one thing that I've learned over, I would say the last, I'm about a year and a half in, so pretty new to this dance rehab program running it. Um, but the there's been a lot of eye openers for me. Um, and a big one is that the, you know, I see, I treat mostly young dancers, like middle high school age, um, and all pretty serious dancers. And during rehearsal seasons, you know, for example, say they're rehearsing for a nutcracker, they're there like seven days a week. Um, and they have these requirements, this criteria, oh, you have to participate in so many dance classes in order to participate in the Nutcracker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so what, what I envision and what I'm working toward is kind of shifting that criteria to say, okay, maybe participate in a couple dance classes. Cause I think the idea of that is maintain strength, maintain stamina and so on. But why, why not add in cross training requirements mm -hmm. and dance strengthening requirements, Pilates, you know, a lot of their Pilates options at studios are optional. And, yeah. you know, it's just like that should be the requirement. So yeah. what I'm doing, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to treat dancers injuries. That's kind of where I started. I was like, that's what physical therapists do. But I'm learning that there's so much more that I can do. And that's really what I'm working on. I do more. I almost do like more of the that injury prevention, strength training, cross training stuff now at this point than I do just the dance physical therapy. Um, but I hope through what I'm doing, I can, you know, educate more to not just dancers, but parents, studios, um, on how important it is to make that a requirement. Yeah. You know, I would really love to see cross training become just as normalized and required as the regular technique classes, right? What a change exactly. that would make for dancers, mm -hmm. especially in this era that we're in with, you know, like the extreme movement demands that I talk about a lot, like everything is more extreme for them now, right? So instead of doing a double pirouette, maybe they're doing eight pirouettes, right? Things are more extreme things have become more normalized. And so that requires them to have more cross training. But again, it's a hard conversation to have when people are kind of stuck in their old ways. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think there's a lot of, you know, when I, I've gone to studios and I've, I've had talks and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of great feedback in the moment. It's like, oh yeah, this is, you know, a lot of, even when I talk to parents, a lot of parents were dancers too. And they're like, well, my career maybe ended early because of an injury. And I wish I had known this when I was that age, yeah. you know, and then my struggle sometimes is just the follow through after that. Like, that's where I feel a little stuck. It's yeah. Like, okay. So they all are a game. They're like, yeah, this is great. Um, this sounds awesome. This makes sense. Um, and then it's figuring out how to really implement that. And, um, you know, there obviously are people that do follow through, but there's a lot that don't. And because of busy schedules, because yes. of just, you, like you said, like the way it's always been, that's yes. just how it is. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's been tough, but I'm, you know, it's working. I mean, I'm 
slow but steady. I'm hoping there's more dance physical therapists come to this area so I can kind of develop a team of people eventually. Yeah, you know, this is a question that comes up a lot when I'm talking to PTs, and I would love to get your opinion is, what do you say when you get the excuse from studio owners or from teachers that A, it's too much money for them to add cross training, or B, Mm -hmm. there's not enough time in the schedules? (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough question because, and that's, there have been questions like that, um, or feedback. Um, It's, for me, I'm a lot, especially the studios that I work with. I'm lucky enough to be very like where I where I treat my clinic is very local. What I what I've offered for them is I've done PT pop up clinics at mm-hmm. the studio and I've done work at the studio, um, and you know they really appreciate that. But there's only so much I can do outside of my clinic, right? Um, and I think it's just it's just more and more education and like throwing out research and statistics and things to say like, okay, well, if this becomes a priority for you, mm-hmm. your, your dancers will be less injured. They won't have to sit out of rehearsals. You know, this, that it, it could mean a lot more for your future and as a studio, you know, if this starts to become more of a priority. Yeah. I think it's something that we're slowly going to get through. I don't think it's going to be an immediate change. Yeah. I agree. So what advice would you give a student interested in pursuing your specific field? Uh, so I actually did have, um, recently I had a, a student for about 10 weeks earlier this year, which was awesome. She seeked me out because she's interested in dance rehab. Um, and the, the big thing, and I think she kind of had the same mindset, which that I had as a student was, or even as a new graduate physical therapist, um, you know, I need to go, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to treat dancers, I need to go to the big city. I need it. So I went to New York city my first few years as a PT. Um, and I thought that's kind of where you do that. Right. And I, because I was a new grad, I didn't do a ton with it. I was trying to just adjust to being a physical therapist and just treating in an outpatient busy facility. Uh, but what I've learned. So when I moved to Charleston, I thought in my head, I was sacrificing that side of things. So I was like, well, now I guess I'm not going to focus on dancers. I'm just going to focus on physical therapy, general population. Come to find out this was like the, like a a perfect opportunity to do it here because they don't have that here. Um, it's there. I think the next that I know of the next closest dance physical therapist is in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is not close. So um, I treat dancers that drive an hour or two wow. to see me and it's, there needs to be more of us. And mm-hmm. I think my advice would be like, wherever you want to be in life, like it's needed. So <laughs> don't think that like, you know, just because it's a small town, there's dancers in every town, every city exactly. and those smaller ones are really what are, what is truly in need of it. Um, and also it's, there's so much, like I said a little bit ago, there's so much more to it than just treating injuries. Mm-hmm treating dancers with injuries there's like let's let's work hard to change some of these some of these you know old ways of of you know the requirements the criteria to dance like let's make cross training a bigger priority and injury prevention and let's be like a big advocate and support for these dancers yeah you know that's really good advice because i can see you know a young student saying oh you know if i don't go to new york what am i going to do as a pt Mm -hmm. But in reality, like you said, there's dance studios everywhere nowadays. And, you know, you're filling a hole where, you know, where there weren't clinics in the first place. And that's a big deal. Right. 
So from your specialization, what have you learned that you wish you knew as a young student? Um, I would say the big thing would be that, and I, I, I quote this all the time to my patients, um, but that pain is not normal just because you're a dancer. <laughs> so it's, um, I, the amount of times that I hear young dancers, not young dancers say, well, you know, they'll come in to see me for after an ankle sprain. Right. And then I'll, I always ask, okay, do you have joint pain anywhere else? Do you have hip issues? Do you have back issues? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I dance. So of course I do. It's like, hold on. Like that's not, not that, that mindset needs to change. Mm -hmm. And so that's something when I was young, I mean, if I had a, you know, like I said, I was never in physical therapy when I was young for dance, but that doesn't mean I didn't need it. I just never was injured enough to be told I need to go to physical therapy, but any pain, any sign of dysfunction in your movement, any clicking in the hip, anything like that, like, like figure it out now. Don't wait um, until you can't dance anymore. So um, that's something I wish I knew when I was younger and something I'm trying to, to put across to all my dancers now. Yeah. And, you know, as you said, it's been the norm for dancers to just kind of like swallow that pain and not say anything. Or even, you know, sometimes they're told that if they do voice that they're in pain, it's a sign of like weakness. Exactly. Or they may feel yeah. like, oh, you know, maybe I won't be invited to this company again if I talk to them about my injury, which is sad. Right. Exactly. Or fear that they're going to be told they can't dance anymore. Right. You know, there's a lot of like psychological factors to consider as well. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about this a little bit more in part two, but where can people learn more about you and how can they access your resources? Um, so our website is uh, jointeffortcharleston.com. Um, and we also have a pretty new Instagram page with just the dance specific side of things. Um, it's joint effort dance. Um, on Instagram. So um, we're growing that social media side of things. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, I've done some virtual uh, screenings um, or assessments across the country with, with um, gymnasts and dancers. So um, on that website, they can reach out and inquire, submit an email, um, text our number, call our number. Okay. If they're interested. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll be including this information right on my website. And then as a wrap up to part one, if you just had to offer one tidbit of wisdom to our audience, what would that be? Uh, I guess going off of what we were just talking about with pain is to no longer normalize that pain um, and, you know, to get to the root of it sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, I, I would be so curious to see like research done where it, like if we, if we take a group of dancers and we start um, having them assess all, like any pain that they had, any issues that they maybe didn't plan to address and we address them and we, we dealt with all their movement, dysfunction, muscle imbalances. And then we kind of compare like longevity and how long their dance career lasts. Oh, yeah. like, I think it could be huge. So, oh, yeah. I mean, just don't wait. Just, you know, even if you think it might go away on its own, just don't wait and just do something about it. Get to see a physical therapist, see a movement specialist um, trainer, whatever, but figure it out now. Yes. That's great advice. Thank you so much for part one. Of course. 
Hi, everyone. Welcome back to part two. I have Gina with us today. She is a physical therapist and that she specializes in working with dancers. So first, Gina, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do as a physical therapist? Absolutely. So for um, the physical therapy side of things, I um, I work on assessing patients. I actually also specialize um, or I've taken a lot of the courses. I'm not officially certified yet, but um, postural restoration. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the Postural Restoration Institute out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, so I utilize that approach um, along with my dance um, medicine background. Um, and I assess dancers. I it's I take in a completely whole body approach. So no matter what um, ailment or body part you're having an issue with, I'm looking at your I'm looking at the your body as a whole. I'm looking at your rib cage, your pelvis, your alignment, everything, um, and how that might maybe affects um, your pain or your injury that you've had. Um, so that's really the physical therapy side of things. I also do some strength and conditioning um, and cross-training work. Um, we call it Dance Strong. It's our wellness program. Um, I do um, point readiness. I do um, screenings and a lot of other services, injury prevention services as well. And so what's like the average age of dancers that you treat? I'm just curious. So I would say average age is probably 13 or 14 years old. I have, I currently on my caseload, I have a seven year old, um, a nine year old, and then all the way up to professional level, um, mid twenties dancers. So, um, and some older salsa dancers, um, some, older dancers who maybe aren't currently dancing, but grew up dancing and would like to get back to doing some classes. So I see a wide range. That's a pretty wide age range. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And then can you tell us a little bit more about the services that you offer? So we kind of get into the, got to get, we kind of covered this already. So we'll move into the next question. So what are some of your challenges in working as a physical therapist? Um, So a big one is finding time or, or I guess convincing parents and dancers mm-hmm. um, to make time to make this a priority, especially during a rehearsal season. Um, you know, like I, like I said earlier, you know, I've done, I've done things at studios, which helps. Um, but I would say a big challenge is figuring out how to get them into the clinic um, on a regular basis or as much as they need to be um, working around their own dance schedule. Um, so that would be definitely the biggest challenge that I face. And what's one of the ways that you go about it if somebody is giving you resistance? I think education is everything. I spend, I would say, more than 50% of my time with my patients educating um, and just saying, like, you know, I've gotten better and, you know, with experience, it's like not um, feeling like, oh, if you don't do this, you're you're going to get hurt. But saying like, okay, that if you make this a priority, you know, you're going to not only feel better, have less pain, but you're going to be a stronger dancer. You're going to decrease the risk of having an injury later on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have the blessing of being a flex. I can be a flexible PT with my schedule. I don't have children. I can, I have, um, you know, so I will work late at night. Like I've worked till 8 PM before to help dancers get in. Um, so I don't know if that will always be the case. So I'm just, um, but I think the more education to the parent, to the instructor, to the, to, to the dancer, I think the better. So I've had a lot of success with just 
which is that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's hard for dancers to see, but, you know, we can see that this will also affect their strength as just a human being, right? Mm -hmm. It goes past them just being a dancer even, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Just general strength as a human. So what is your favorite part of being a PT? So my favorite part, I would say, like, I have a general answer and a specific answer. So my general answer is um, just giving a dancer their health back um, or any patient. I don't just treat dancers. I treat I treat anyone. Um, but with dancers, it's like, you know, they are so, I mean, any artist is passionate, of course, about their art. Um, but dancers are just, if you, if they feel like they can't dance to their fullest or can't dance at all because they're hurt and you can kind of, and they're just so discouraged. Um, so just giving that back to them or helping them get that back to themselves, like train, teaching them, you know, what they need to do that. Um, it's, I mean, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. And then, um, you know, specifically my favorite thing is light bulb moments. So I do a ton of, um, testing and retesting, um, checking alignment, checking pelvic positioning, checking rib cage position, checking strength, um, activation of muscles, postural imbalances, all of that. I do a lot of testing and retesting because patients can start to feel immediate changes just with doing the exercises prescribed, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just them learning their bodies better. So I think that's huge. I love when they start to really like understand how their body works whether they're hypermobile or a little less flexible naturally, what that means for them, um, the positives and the negatives of that. And it's, you know, it's just when they feel those changes, you know, and they're like, wow. And then all of a sudden their motivation goes up, their compliance goes up, um, their rehab potential skyrockets. So I would say that's definitely my favorite part of it. Yeah, you know, and the first thing you said, you kind of touched on that dancers really like strongly identify as being a dancer. So then, like you said, when they're told that they can't dance anymore, it really starts to crumble them from just a human being standpoint, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's, it's hard. I've, I had, you know, I've seen dancers who end up getting, you know, like a an image done on their hip and find out they have a label tear and they have their doctor saying you shouldn't dance anymore and that's, that's it's i mean it's heartbreaking um and it's one of those things that man if we again if things changed and this things were addressed sooner like maybe we wouldn't be at this point yeah. um and you know i love to work with them on finding avenues where they can keep dance in their life you know helping out with younger classes or you know things like that but it, it's I mean, so if I can get them to a point where they can get back to dancing or keep it in their life in some way, it's, it's an awesome feeling. Yeah. So, you know, isn't there like a wave right now in PT where it's more of like the prehab stuff as well? Yeah. Like more of the preventative stuff as well. Yes. That's definitely getting um, more common, which is good. It's still not, I would say like standard protocol. Um, So for, you know, for my clients, who know me and spread the word it's like okay well i more often than not i hear would it help me to come to pt before surgery it's not always the surgeon saying that sometimes it is so i mean but it's and you know insurance is getting a little better at covering stuff like that too but it's definitely um it's more common now for for them to to try conservative treatment physical therapy with you know either 
before surgery, but hopefully just preventing surgery. Mm. So they can come to you for preventative training as well. Is that correct? Not just injuries. Good. Yeah. I think that's good for dancers to know because I think Mm -hmm. that there's kind of this like stereotype with PT that it's just for when I get injured. Right. But I think we can start to like redefine what that actually means. Yeah. That's a lot of my, the education I've been doing um, to studios, to parents and dancers is that physical therapy doesn't just mean I, I broke or sprained my ankle Um, or I had surgery. It's, it is, there is, that is a tiny percentage of who I see. Um, It is a lot of like, let's, let's make sure you don't end up in a situation where you've majorly injured yourself or you need surgery. So I would say that's, that's definitely good to know that that if, if you feel like you're heading in that direction or just something doesn't feel right, then definitely um, definitely seek some physical therapy. And then one more question that came up is what is your opinion on how much cross training should dancers be doing? So my, so my opinion on that is how much they should be doing, um, is I would say kind of like earlier, I think right now it's like, okay, if I take four to five dance classes a week, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to, you know, that's enough to build my strength, but dance classes just they keep you in the same position they yes. keep working you in your extremes mm-hmm. um my cross training is all very much like not all but mostly neutral work mm-hmm. um and just really tra- training our bodies how to work live in neutral and be strong and neutral and be stable there because otherwise you have muscles that are going to be inhibited and you have muscles that are going to stay overactive so these imbalances mm-hmm. if you're just dancing right it's just it's just going to drive more injury down yes. the road. So that neutral work is so important. Um, so in a, in my perfect world, <laughs> it would be 50, 50, it would be half dance classes, yeah. half cross training. I don't know how realistic that is, but I hope our future, like the future of dance medicine and dance science, I hope that becomes more of a norm. Yeah. Cause we know dance is very repetitive, right? They're doing the same movements over and over. And we know that class only hits a certain, you know, threshold physiologically. So, you know, taking more dance classes is only going to make their dance technique stronger, right? Not necessarily general strength. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. And I would even say that like, yes, taking dance classes will make their technique stronger, but I think also cross training will make their technique stronger. Of course, even if it doesn't look like dance, right? Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So what's one piece of wisdom that you learned from this experience as a PT? If you just had to really sum it up. Um, I would say definitely the, not just treating injuries and, and getting better, but if you understand what, like your body, if you understand how it moves. And I think I hear like, you know, I see, you know, the dancers who are, who are very naturally flexible that probably have hypermobility. Um, and then those that aren't flexible and feel like they're never going to make it because they're not flexible. And I, I'm trying to just, you know, the education and just getting, okay, this does not mean that you can't be an amazing, that you aren't an amazing, that you are an amazing dancer. You don't have to be as flexible as your friend who maybe is very flexible. I remember always comparing myself, you know, to my friends who had more flexibility. I was, I had to work hard for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
not being flexible comes with, you know, being a little more stable a lot of the times. And that has definitely a lot of its benefits. Um, And being flexible comes with its downfalls. So I think if they can understand what that means and how to manage that and how to like safely stretch or not stretch if they don't need to stretch um, and understand how their body works, I think they're, they're dancing, their injury, injury risk will significantly decrease just understanding that. Yeah. You know, there's so much, sorry. Where you no, where, go ahead. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. so much power that can come from educating them young, as you were trying to say, right? Like getting them from a young age before those yes. negative habits start to occur, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the again, the education part is just so important. And if they are very young, I need, I need the parent involved in that conversation as well so mm-hmm. they can understand and um, be that kind of accountability for their child. Awesome. That's really great advice. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Gina. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to quickly summarize today's wonderful episode with Gina. One of the things she said in her childhood is that as a dancer, she had to participate in a screening. And this screening kind of got her interested into the PT world and becoming a dance physical therapist. She also touched on that pain is not normal. We need to stop normalizing it in the dance world. She was saying that, you know, even cracks, even clicks, even, you know, small noises can mean something. So the best piece of advice is to address things early on so that they don't turn into larger issues down the road. She touched on really understanding the body from a deep kinesthetic level and how much power this gives dancers, especially as young dancers. Remember, she's filling a really large hole by being the only dance PT in her area, and I think that's wonderful. We also touched on that, you know, convincing studios is hard and that, you know, cross-training should be normal and it should just be as important as dancers' regular technique class. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Dance Science Podcast. I really enjoyed today's conversation with Gina Accardi, who is a dance physical therapist. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please feel free to either leave a review. You can also comment directly on this episode, and you can also shoot me a direct message on Instagram. Thank you for being here with me today, and I look forward to seeing you in my next episode.